0: We're back with the Beach and Company. Before going to the phone, I'd like to uh, thank you, uh, Tony. Some people brought in uh, a nice tin of uh, homemade cookies, and I said, "Get the card out so we can thank them." And you got the card out, and you were surprised. Yeah,
2: I am. Uh, thank you to my cousin Neil and Sue Bavisoto. Uh, Sue made, uh, she, matter of fact, they brought us cookies last year, and Sue is amazing uh, baking cookies. Nice,
0: nice selection. So, thank you very much. Uh, and I, I brought the card home from the big selection we got yesterday. So, uh, I, I should have left it here so I could thank the people on the air. But thanks to anybody. Who has brought us anything? Because we are most appreciative.
2: It was pretty cool because I had made. I was talking with my cousin Ronnie Bavisoto. I said, "Get a hold of Neil. uh, Stop by the house next week because you know I'm home with the kids." Yeah. And any other Bavisotos that want to stop by, you're more than welcome. And now
0: you have cookies to serve them. Yes, their own cookies.
2: I'll put coffee on or a bottle of wine, whatever they want.
0: Put them in a different bag. (laughs) But this, you know, this
2: brings back great memories. Every Christmas Eve, we used to the Bavisotos used to get together and have big holiday party and as kids it was great my cousin Paula and Julie and and, and my cousin Joe's uh, daughters Michelle and everybody it was so much fun
0: well the the difference now is that people move so much it's not like before where everybody grew up in the same neighborhood and so you you had those relationships now People move all the time. Yeah, and, now some are in Las yeah, Vegas, yeah. some
2: are in California, New Jersey.
0: All right, we're asking about the impeachment situation. Are you going to take some time off, uh, kind of let it settle, uh, enjoy uh, enjoy Christmas, uh, enjoy New Year's, enjoy your life before you have to get back in the fray, and uh, your overall thought about the fairness of the situation, whether uh, justice was served, anything like that, kind of like wrapping up the, this uh, coverage. Let's go to... Line 2. Oh, by the way, today when you turn the radio on at 3 o'clock, you'll go, wait a minute. Who is that? Is it a great American hero? And the answer is yes. It's uh, David Bellavia. He'll be doing the afternoon show today and tomorrow. So uh, Bellavia is here guarding the transmitter. Oh, cool. I can't wait to see him. Yep, that's today and tomorrow. Let's go to um, Tom on Line 2. Tom, you're on WBEN.
3: Hey, I'm wound up today, Sandy.
0: Good, I like it.
3: Welcome back. Uh, you had real good replacements, except for the guy last week. I, he was okay, but I prefer your local guys. They do an excellent job. And uh, when you get cookies, if a liberal sends them in, I would have Tony taste them. <laughs>
0: Tony them whether I, I allow it or not, Tony is a cookie oh. fan. Sure. I
3: wanted, I wanted to talk impeachment, but now after hearing Tony's story, I'd like to talk about my cousins and cookies.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your impeachment stories.
3: All right. My big thing is I have challenged I have challenged Channel 2 and your news department to interview Higgins in the past about different issues that I'm concerned about and I think you ought to go after him as a guest to explain why this is not a treasonous attempt to overthrow the government.
0: Well, I think it is, and, and uh, you obviously think it is, too. Um, how do you do it? Well, you, start, you want to start at the top. You're aiming big. That's what they're doing.
3: Well, you know what they say, if you aim at the king, you better kill him.
0: Oh, that's right, and we don't want any uh, violence or anything like that. Uh, What I'm afraid of is, uh, as as we grow further apart as a society, who is the the person that's going to bring everybody together, a Ronald Reagan type? Now, I I do think that Trump uh, is doing an excellent job, but the ones who don't like him are never going to like him.
3: That would be me. I've been told I should be a politician. Last week, I was told by a car dealer, the sales manager, that now that I'm retired, I should sell used cars. Is that a, is that a compliment?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I've been offered uh, many times over the course of my history here in Buffalo the opportunity to sell cars for dealerships because I have a great love for cars. I, 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 I can do a legitimate sell because I love them.
3: I, I was a trucker, and I and I never considered being a lawyer or a used car salesman.
0: <laughs> well, oh, may, yes. Uh, so is that is that uh, what you have to say for us today? A uh,
3: couple of things. I have been concerned about uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's mental health. That is not a joke. But if you saw her when she announced that last night, like that uh, fifteen dollar a month cellular, I'm the girl that cocks her head and said. Well, that's not right. The way she talked, did you see that?
0: No, I did not see it. I didn't stay up for it. Uh, I tuned in earlier a couple of times during the day, and it was the same old, same old.
3: They're playing it all over and over, not in that context, but the speech patterns do not look healthy. And uh, that's a concern. I don't think she's got long for that office.
0: Well, she's a very powerful, That's a, you know, in line right after the vice president. Uh, in line as the president in an emergency situation. So that's that's really troubling then.
3: Right. Now, I would encourage people to call their congressman, as you can imagine, I do, and you call the congressional switchboard, and they'll put you in, in touch with yours or any congressman. Uh, if they ask for your zip code, just stay on the line because they have an automated thing to get you your congressman, but I like to call Schiff and and Pelosi and Nadler. What I like to tell Nadler is the only thing that you ever did that I respect was when you lost that weight. I don't know how he did that. But
0: Boy, that was marvelous because I only remember him at the other weight. I was shocked when I saw him the first time this time. He looked like he was going to keel over back in the day. Yeah, he was. he was a very large guy.
3: Now – Uh, I also, I asked for, you can use nicknames when you call for them. Oh, you
0: can? (laughs) Oh,
3: I I asked for Shifty or Shiftless Shift. (laughs) I finally got one of the operators to hang up on me.
0: Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) However, there may be a knock on your door with a guy in a badge. Oh. No, I don't think so.
3: Shift. what could they charge me with contempt of Congress?
0: Uh, Of being uh, very observant of the atmosphere, I think. When you look at Shift, he looks... He is a scary-looking guy. I don't care what his politics are.
3: Greg Gutfeld show has this Tom Shalhoub, who is a stand-up comedian. Okay. They do parodies of him. If you could look at them, you would roll over laughing.
0: Well, uh, you know, I'd like to see him in a different uh, light than I've seen him so far, I can tell you that. Hey, i got to run. Merry Christmas to you.
3: Hey, I rang a bell at uh, Roswell Oh, for the very first time. After they renovated the thing, I went over after a uh, support group meeting, and I tailgated in with a policeman. They had locked at the door at 8 o'clock, and after I rang a bell, the policewoman that took us in there, she said, I want you to know they just took the barriers down. You were the very first person to ring that in the permit. Oh,
0: uh, congratulations. Uh, so we're, uh, we're both uh, bell ringers. We're applauding you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much, Tom.
1: Wow, that's nice to hear.
0: We'll take a break. Yes.
1: The uh, the Shaloo Adam Schiff uh, things are hilarious. I'll post one on the Sandy Beach page okay, if people haven't seen out. them. They are really funny.
0: We'll check it out. We'll be back right after this.
3: At this point, I think the political edge goes to the Republicans. Uh, this plays so much into Donald Trump's core appeal to his base. It
0: is Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. We're talking about the kind of wrapping up one segment of impeachment. We'll go to Part two, probably, after the first of the year. Are you going to take a break uh, from following uh, uh, whatever is uh, done about it? Uh, I think I would like to clear your mind, get started. And by the way, uh, the perfect Christmas gift, in case you are still, you know, without a gift for that very special person, we have a very special gift. This is not just a normal, everyday gift. And that is uh, the uh, trip with Dan Neverth and I to go to Russia, with uh, AAA. If you'd like to do it, Russia's a fabulous destination. Uh, Call the AAA at 1-844-688-7477. Now, we're going uh, from uh, June 24th to July 5th of uh, the next year, obviously. We're going to spend four days in Moscow, and we got four days in St. Petersburg, and there's so much to see. Uh, When I started breaking down uh, where we're going, what we're doing, it's amazing. First of all, We're going on Viking. Everybody loves Viking. It is the place to be. Uh, That's the uh, cruise ship. Uh, Red Square, Lenin's Tomb, the Kremlin. Going to see all that, along with the Cosmonaut Museum, the Bolshevik Theater, uh, Moscow's elegant metro system, which looks like an art gallery, and a performance of the Russian Ballet. That'll be fun. Even if you're not a ballet fan, it'll be uh, fun because they have a very elite a group of dancers uh, in the uh, in the Russian ballet. We're going to save a seat for you. If you'd like to meet Dan Nevers, say hello. Meet me, say hello. On uh, the trip, we're together all the time, and it's a, a very worthwhile trip. Uh, you don't need a tutu. All you need is to give them a call and see if they can uh, fit you in there. Uh, that number, again, is 1-844-688-7477. Let's go to the phones. This would be Mike... In the pew, Mike, you're on WBEN.
4: And morning, guys. Hello there, Mike. As a professor of history and political studies and a person with a legal background, I I was very privileged to be formally educated, to have the time to do enormous reading. I truly feel for the people of uh, not only Western New York, but uh, people of this country in general, who don't have the time, who are busy working, proffering for themselves, trying to maintain their homes, this is all inextricably difficult material for people to understand and comprehend, and I think rightfully so. If you give me just one moment here, I can do something that I that I do for my students and kind of give you some insight sure. as to where this thing is going. I'd
0: like to hear your input. Go ahead.
4: So, so first, the U.S. Constitution as a document is a legally binding document. It comes out in 1787. Some people perhaps don't know. It's our second attempt at government. The first attempt went on the toilet, so to speak, as the Articles of Confederation. It wasn't working. They had an awful time passing the U.S. Constitution. Nine of the 13 states had to ratify it, and it wasn't going well. So as a legally binding document, and it is difficult to understand for most people, laws are interpretive. They're subjective. This is why there's often no clarity relative to the Constitution. People have a hard time understanding and interpreting it. If you notice during the hearings, when they couldn't get clarity, the next step is to move to something referred to as the Federalist Papers. And if you notice, they were bringing in scholars, people who were actually college professors and some with legal backgrounds, and they were quoting from the Federalist Papers. And some people might say, well, where does that come from? The Federalist Papers were written by three men we now know, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay. These guys were so unpopular, they couldn't even use their names when they wrote these essays. Really? Pseudonym name of Publius, right? Okay. And what they did is they wrote a series of articles explaining to the people why you need to vote for this thing called the U.S. Constitution. It was so complicated, they had to write a series of 88 essays to explain to the American people. So, what happens is, when you can't get clarity in the Constitution, you refer to the scholars who look at the Federalist Papers. These were the guys who helped write the Constitution, so they knew exactly what they were thinking, and therefore we get some clarity. And then the last resort is you go to the journals of the guys who actually served in that convention in 1787. Uh, There's two great books called The Summer of uh, 1787, and the other one's called The Miracle at Philadelphia. It would be great for people who are are less informally educated to get some insight. Those are two great books. This is how we know what our forefathers expected and anticipated. Still, there's great ambiguity. So where do you go when you can't interpret or when things are still ambiguous where our forefathers just aren't clear you go to what we call past precedence. All that which has occurred previous is how this plays out. Unfortunately for us, we only have three previous examples. President Johnson in 1868, then you get the, the Nixon affair and the Clinton scenario.
0: Well, w- when I look at it, and uh, you, you have uh, seem a great breadth of uh, knowledge on this, did that appear to you as a civilian, Did it appear to you to be a fair process as it was presented this time around?
4: It is not a fair process. Alexander Hamilton's greatest fear is this thing was going to wind up being a bipartisan event. And he turned out to be correct. So where do you go forward? And this this is the disturbing thing for some people. All senators and congressmen take an oath. They swear to uphold... The Constitution of the United States of America. How many of those people do you think have actually read the Constitution?
0: And that's a good point. And and they seem to break that oath all the time.
4: And it seemed
0: also it's loosey-goosey. It was almost like they were making it up as they went along.
4: Right. Now, where we are at this juncture, I was using a simple analogy uh, to some people around me. It's almost as though you have a police officer that's written you a ticket for speeding, but you don't get a court date. Now,
0: buzz like that, but go ahead.
4: <laughs> if you if you think of it in, in in that context, so going forward, all we have left now is theory. If we can't interpret the Constitution, if we can't get it from the Federalist Papers, and you can't get it from their personal journals, now you're in the realm of theory. It is possible. Uh, the head of the U.S. Senate, which is Mitch McConnell, he could, in theory, say to Ms. Pelosi. Speaker of the House, who's a Democrat, if I don't have these papers on my desk in 60 days, the matter is dropped henceforth.
0: Wow. It's like a summary judgment kind of deal.
4: And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even anticipate that that's not an actual possibility. Therefore, going forward, there is such ambiguity here. But if McConnell does that, going forward, that will be the precedence. People will say in 2019, the head of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, Gave the Speaker of the House 60 days to turn those papers over. The matter was adjudicated. So this is where we stand at this juncture. And the sad thing is, and I keep hearing this respective to who loses, the American people. Roads aren't repaired. Schools are not. Health care is not corrected. And they take money out of your paycheck every two weeks to finance these investigations.
0: Well said. Well said. And uh, it was like uh, visiting school, and we learned a lot from you, Mike. Uh, good call. Good call. Thank you very much. We'll be back with more with Beach & Company on News Radio 930 WBN.
1: So this is Christmas. I hope you have fun.
0: The near and the dear one.
4: The old and the young.
0: John Lennon, one of our favorites. Christmas, the war is over. One of my favorite Christmas songs, uh, John Lennon, always good to hear. Let's go to uh, the line five. This would be my friend Don in Pennsylvania. Don, thanks for calling.
6: My pleasure, Sandy and Tony. I
0: hope you guys have a great holiday season. And I hope you have a great Christmas. I, I can't think of how many Christmases we were here on the same planet at the same time, being my friend since third grade.
6: Uh, I can't count that high.
0: <laughs> I need a calculator. I needed to put a new battery in my calculator to figure that one out. <laughs> You've so, got a point there. So what are you going to sweep politics aside during the holiday season and try and enjoy a life without that? Uh, what, what's your general thoughts of the process? Give me, give me your thoughts. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if my wife lets me, uh, forget about it. <laughs> Uh, She rules the roost, you're saying. Yeah, she really gets into it more than I do. See, you should be a talk show host because as a talk show host, you get to choose which line you want to talk to and what person you want to talk to and what your thoughts can be. In other words, I should be more like you than me. Exactly. See, I'm giving you a little helpful hint there.
6: Well, I, I appreciate it, and I'm sure there's a lot of truth there.
0: What's going on?
6: uh as as far as this goes uh the partisanship in in this is incredible isn't it i i, I said on your show many to- well, many weeks ago that i prayed that they would try to impeach him and look at look at uh, what's happened since then i mean his popularity has increased
0: sure
6: uh, he's he's got the uh The Republicans all charged up for next November. Hopefully, that'll last, that feeling.
0: Yeah, it's not that long a time. You know, next November sounds like a long time off. It's not. Before you know it, it'll be here.
6: You got that right. And uh, let's hope... You and I are still here to to see that.
0: <laughs> well, that would be nice. <laughs> Otherwise, you might be calling David Bellavia, which would be nice too. He's going to be on today at three o'clock. By the way, that's very good.
6: I, I, I guess I didn't. I meant it in a different way. Like we're still on this side of the grass instead of. The- oh yeah.
0: That, well, that's how I took it. Absolutely.
6: So uh, anyway, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I I just think this whole thing and you know, what I've seen of it is is. It's just such a waste, and uh, but it is helping Trump. So yeah,
0: let me ask you this, uh, because it truly changed my thinking toward Congress. I had more respect for Congress, and by Congress I mean both houses, obviously, uh, than, uh, than I uh, I do now. Uh, especially with the House, it just seemed like such an unfair process. It was almost like bullying. Uh, you know, bullying uh, for a while there was the the catchphrase, but that's what it seems. Uh, no, uh, we can bring our witnesses. You can't bring yours. No, your lawyer can't be here. Isn't there something about uh, uh, being uh, confronted by your accuser? We don't even know who your accuser is. We don't even know who the uh, whistleblower would be. Now, you tell me why if you're going to embark on this journey, you wouldn't even know the credentials of the person who's the whistleblower.
6: You got that right. I mean, if you're if, if you're on trial, and yet the person who's taken the charges out against you doesn't show up and doesn't say anything, dismiss it. They, they, they throw it out of court in, in the New York minute.
0: That's exactly what they do. You've got to. How many people have gotten a ticket, and the cop doesn't show up at the hearing? They throw it out. That's exactly what happens.
6: Right. I I just want to make one comment about a prior call. Sure. Uh, they were talking about a, a guy named. Tom Chaloux, who, yeah. uh, who plays uh, Shifty Shift there. Okay. I'm telling you, he looks more like him than him looks like him. <laughs> Word for it.
0: Which is scary enough. You know, one of Shift is plenty for me. We don't need two, even if the second one is fake. Okay, Don, have a very Merry Christmas. Same to your lovely wife, Barbara.
6: Well, I hope you also have a very Merry Christmas, Tony and, and Joe. All of you have the, have the
0: same. And uh, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you uh, in the new year, hopefully. Look forward to it. Thanks, Don. Thanks, my friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, third grade. We've been friends since third grade.
2: If we beat the Patriots, we'll have a very Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah,
0: that would be true. Okay, let's go to, uh, I think it's Michael on this line. Michael, you're on WBN.
7: How you doing, guys? Good morning. Thanks for holding,
0: Michael. What are what are your thoughts this morning?
7: Well, my thinking is this: uh, is that the Constitution brings out the impeachment in two parts. The first part is the evidentiary investigation in the House, and the second part is the trial in the Senate. So, all these news outlets saying that the president has been impeached are kind of jumping the gun. They haven't had the second part yet.
0: Yeah, it's it's a term that most people misunderstand. Most people think if you're impeached, you're out of out of a job. That is not the case. That's only the first half. Well, they, they, even an
7: impeachment doesn't mean a removal from
0: office. Yeah, they they have to vote to remove him from office. That's not going to happen in this time.
7: Oh, well, you got all the news outlets, including your newscast itself, is saying that the president has been impeached. Well, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. There, he hasn't been in, in, in trial yet.
0: Well, he's going over to the Senate now. What do you think about Pelosi suggesting that maybe they'll delay sending the articles over to the Senate? Uh, I think uh, she's playing games. Let's get on with it. You lost the first half. You're going to lose the second half. Well, you, you won the first half. You're going to lose the second half. I think it's just a political stunt. Well, the- well, that's what it is. It's designed to. It's designed to stain the president uh in his run for another term that's what the whole thing is about to try and weaken him in any way shape that they can
7: oh yeah they, they want to put the black mark on him so that he they, they have a better chance of beating him in the, in the
0: presidential election exactly right thank you michael and merry christmas to you that's exactly why it's there the whole thing if if they had their way they'd have it go right up into election time because the president, uh, you know, is running for the office. They're running anybody against them that, and anything against them that they can uh, come up with. Let's take a break on News Radio 930 WBEN.
3: At this point, I think the political edge goes to the Republicans. Uh,
1: this plays so much into Donald Trump's core appeal to his base.
0: Uh, Joseph Beamer, you wanted to make a point?
1: Yeah, you know, as much as it stinks, um, the, the president was impeached now it's going to the senate to convict him and remove him from office but right. unfortunately because the democrats had the majority and that's all they needed he will go down as an impeached president just uh, responding to the last caller
0: yeah it shows you how one thing we did learn how important the every vote is in the elections uh, because the democrats have a um, uh, they have a few more people in there than the Republicans. And because of that, that's uh, that's what we end up with.
2: This is going to go down as the biggest political blunder in U.S. history.
0: Yeah, it it, uh, it, it certainly uh, will be. Okay, here's a guy that lights them up every time we have him on. It's Dan from West Seneca. Hi, Dan.
8: Hey, how are you and good
0: morning? And now I wanted to ask you a question. Last time you were on, which uh, you lit up the board, and I, I promised my audience I would ask this. Uh, you are very tuned in to what's going on. Where do you get most of your information?
8: I, You know, if I do have a hobby, um, I have always read. Because as you know, I was a truck driver. Um, you, you can't sit around and watch television all night. You're you're true, not true. okay. So I would pick up a book uh, like the nuns taught me when I was very young and Uh, I would hear things. I would hear things from you, I would hear things in Ohio, and uh, for most of my life there wasn't a computer or Google, Uh, so I had to reference it in literature and then listen to people like you uh, for maybe an interpretation. So
0: you were an information seeker and then you draw your own conclusions. Fair enough. Uh and if I guess that's my
8: hobby, and, and I just enjoy it, whether it's a good novel or whether it's a newspaper. Uh, and then uh, it was actually my mother that tuned me into talk radio. Uh, but then you heard other people were not that much different from you, yet they came to a different conclusion, and that arouses my curiosity.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about talk radio. People hear the same set of facts and come up with different conclusions. I had a hobby, too, when I was younger, but my mother made me give it up. All right, let's see. Now, what are you thinking about today? Okay, um, and, and I mean this sincerely. I want
8: this process to end. I want it to go to the Senate. I want to hear everything they have to say as I heard everything that the Democrats majority Congress had to say. I watched every minute of it uh on the only network that carried the Oh
0: you watched it yesterday? Oh man.
8: I did. I did. Uh with a book and, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Um I, I want this process over with. I don't care how it ends up. Um I think this is a good teacher as to why you should get a good education and uh, why you should be open minded. Uh, and why you should participate in government.
0: Think about it. Think about it. Uh, This election coming up, voters out there in town halls and different places uh, because of this uh, are going to have a lot more questions than they would have had. I think that is a positive, one of the positive things that might have come out of this.
8: Well, I think to me here lies the biggest problem. Um, Anytime you hear about Trump supporters, it's called the Trump base. And then last night, uh, out of any of them, I I like Steny Hoyer. Uh, I thought that he was doing his best to be uh, nonpartisan. Um, I didn't like the whole thing. let, Let me tell you that. I was one Democrat who wished they wouldn't have done this. We were so close to an election year. Just let the voters decide we have to live with the outcome. He would have been a lame duck. His policies would be open to review four years from now. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. However, they pushed us to the brink. When you've got 63 million people who think Mr. Trump is absolutely wonderful, and you might have 65 million people who think he's the devil incarnate himself, Um, I wouldn't fuel the fire. I've never been that type of personality. I think think cool, cool heads prevail. Is that the old? saying
0: that is the old saying and uh, i i do think that the process was almost as out there as the charges because the process seemed stronger than the charges it seemed like they had to use more authority than they really had because they had a weak set of uh, charges
8: i think that we're getting a lesson in governance and yes we are uh, i think what you said is I'm the money and i'm an old uh person who worked in the meat industry, sometimes you don't want to really know how the sausage is <laughs> made. So That's for sure. um, uh, this is what I will say. Um, I wish we would get to issues. If you're a Democrat, please voice what issues are the most important to you. If you're a Republican, please voice the issues that are most important to you. If I were running as a Democrat candidate for the presidency of the United States. My core issues would be this. I I can give it to you in 30 seconds. Um, I don't think the Tax Cut and Job Act is good for the country overall, and I would offer an alternative. I would put that out there. However the chips fell, that's fine, because that's what I would be bringing to the table. I think that rather, as a Democrat, rather than Tie everybody up in this proceeding, which will go all the way through January and February of next year. Um, If I felt that President Trump didn't address health care, I would be authoring legislation that would address health care. If I felt that the Tax Cut and Job Act wasn't any good and I were a congressman, I would be authoring legislation that offers an alternative and I would get it out there for debate. And if I wanted to hold the most powerful office, in the land, I would stay away from propaganda. I would go more for facts. Um, and I myself personally would be in front of the American people making my case as to why they should elect me, answering their questions directly, and let them prove that I'm not consistent with my message, and let them tell me my message is no good. And if you think my message is no
0: good, don't vote for me. Yeah, I think, I think the best thing, if you're running for re-election or election the first time, is, is exactly what you just said. If you just uh, keep going after Trump simply because he's there, I think you're going to lose. you are got to come up with something that rings a bell of an American voter. Hey, thanks, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Okay, bye-bye. I think that's important. You know, one thing that's uh, uh, never discussed, and it always seems strange to me, and I, I know that uh, nearly 100% of people will disagree with what I'm going to say right now. I think practically everybody will. When we talk about uh, somebody running for office, uh, we ask them about this or about that and, and uh, the, the other thing. But every single one of them are bases of how it affects me. The How does this affect me, Al Franken uh, thing? Okay. Say there's an issue out there that uh, we're, we're not particularly fond of. It's not going to kill us but it's not gonna make us any better but it really is good for the country hardly anybody ever supports that most people will go to if it affects me positively i'm in favor and if it affects me negatively i'm not and what that what that means is that you're never willing to put your uh, to put your country ahead of your own wants and needs and i find that amazing because, I, you know, I'm no saint. I'm no hero or anything else. I'm just a regular guy. And if I saw something that I, I recognize as being good for the country, but I'm not thrilled with it, I'd, pa- I'd, I'd let it go.
2: You're 100% correct, and I learned that from a friend of mine, Jeff, in the 90s. Uh, One uh, election came up. He said, you know, I voted for this even though it's not going to help me, but I recognize that it is best for the country.
0: Well, Jeff and I are on the same boat. It doesn't make us any better or any worse than anybody else, but I just wonder if it's ever been different, probably in the early days of the country. Uh, we'll be back with more of Beach and Company on News Radio 930 WBN. All-Star closer Kenley Jansen. We have a question: What's the best podcast of all time?